There's got to be an explanation to all these UFO sightings, right? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. Welcome to the newest episode of Beyond the Fame with Jason Fraley. I'm your host, Jason Fraley, picking the brains of the top filmmakers, musicians, and artists of our time. Colin Mockery and Brad Sherwood bring improv comedy to Warner Theater on Thursday in Washington, D.C. I spoke with Mockery about his hilarious comedy career, namely the British and American versions of Whose Line Is It Anyway, alongside Ryan Stiles, Wayne Brady, and host Drew Carey. Hey, Colin Mockery, thanks so much for joining us. Well, thanks for having me. Uh, we're talking because uh, you and your cohort, Brad Sherwood of the old Who's Line days, <laughs> are coming to Warner Theater um, for Scared Scriptless on Thursday, September 9th. Uh, where does where this fall in, in the tour? I mean, you've probably been sidelined with COVID for like, what, over a year and a half. But when did you guys start getting back out there? Um, we had our second show um, last weekend. So it's, it's very early on in our new tour. Yeah. How did you spend uh, COVID? You know, as, as a comedian like yourself, do you, you know, are you just, you know, like trying jokes on your family or are you, or are you just bored out of your mind or <laughs> how's the last year and a half been for you? Um, actually, Brad and I, um, with our tech team, came up with a way that we're still able to do our show in a Zoom background. Uh, our tech people worked it out. So even though Brad is in Las Vegas, I'm in Toronto, it looked like we were in the same room. We could go into people's uh, audience members' homes and have them in our scenes. Uh, the only difference was it's weird doing a comedy show to no laughter. I mean, Brad is totally used to it. But for me, it threw me off a little. <laughs> yeah for brad yeah he never gets the last right no so, no, no he's he's hilarious i know you're just ribbing him but um so what what's scared scriptless like then tell me about this particular show so so now that you're now that you're not having to do it virtual anymore how cool is it going to be that you're not going to have that laughter that you said you were missing you know like what if, if our if our listeners show up like what sort of i guess improv games and stuff are, are going to be a part of the show well we like to say it's sort of a live version of who's lying without the tall guy and the black guy there'll be a lot of uh, a lot of games familiar to who's lying fans like uh, sound effects uh and there's games that we've sort of adapted because it's just the two of us we don't have a host like drew or aisha um but it's all again uh, starts with an audience suggestion we have some audience members improvising with us so it's just goofy goofy fun you said, quote, the tall guy and the black guy. Of course, we're talking about your legendary Who's Line co-stars, uh, Ryan Stiles, the tall guy, and then, of course, Wayne Brady. Um, dish on them really fast before we dish on Brad. But, you know, like, what made Ryan and Wayne just so hilarious? Um, well, I mean, I've known Ryan for over 40 years now. Uh, so we've been improvising for a long time. He just, I mean, he, and I would want him to take this the wrong way, but you just start laughing when you see him. He looks like like a Mad Magazine cartoon, and uh, but he's uh, 
very funny, one of the best improvisers I've ever worked with. And of course, Wayne is, you know, multi-talented. He can do everything, impressions, songs, improvise. So I've never really liked him, but I can understand why people do. <laughs> <laughs> of course you do. He's a uh, man. He's uh, yeah, it's it's well, all of you, really. It's hard to find people that that are so quick on your feet as you, as you all. Um, all right. Well now, now roast uh, your actual cohort for this show, Brad Sherwood. I mean, there was a, a big rotating group back in the day, you know, there was, you know, Greg, Greg Proops. I mean, there were so many really funny ones uh, depending which week you turned in, but, but Brad was always a favorite too. So what made him perfect for, to go on a tour like this? I felt bad for him. Nothing was happening much for him. So I thought, <laughs> Hey, why not take him on the road, help him see the world. Um, <laughs> Brad was actually the one who came up with the idea of the uh, two-man um, improv troupe. So we thought, well, we'll try it for a week and see what happens. And now, 20 years later, uh, still going strong. And I have to say, it's been a really good relationship. I mean, we've been very in tune with how we want the show to be. Uh, we're constantly trying to find ways to make it better and make it more exciting and harder for us. So it, it's been, uh, and don't tell him this, it's been a good relationship. <laughs> well yeah, yeah. I, I can't help if he listens to this but I'll, i won't tell him personally um so cool i mean so you said it's sort of like the the who's line show on on the road is it is it you know all the same kind of stuff like scenes from a hat and the irish jig and i mean what sort of actual you know bits are there um let me think I, I, well aside from sound effects uh, we do moving bodies, I think, um, and a lot of uh, we we've got a little bit of music involved, um, but uh, there are a few games that um, are only uh, will only be seen on um, on the stage uh, with us because on you know on television everything has to be fast has to be short snappy on stage we can take a little more time so we have scenes that can go you know 10, 15, 20 minutes, which you can't do on television. So um, I don't want to tell you too much. Come and see the show. <laughs> exactly. Well, I would love to hear, you know, about how you got started in the comedy biz to begin with. So I know, you know, you go all the way back to, you know, Second City, uh, the Toronto version, right? Like in the 80s? Yeah, last century. Yeah, it was a while <laughs> ago. Uh, yeah, before I started uh, improvising in 1982, or just sort of this boom sort of happened. Nobody really knew what improv was. And then got into a second city. Uh, Ryan had joined, I think, the year before I did. Um, and it's a great training ground. You quickly learn your your weaknesses and your strengths, and you can work on that. It really is like a comedy college because you're, you know, you're doing uh, seven shows a week, and after every show, there's an improv set. So you get to hone your skills. And then you know, this uh, who's line was just a bonus. We we're all very fortunate. This show came along that basically put a spotlight on the one skill we have and uh, gave us all careers. <laughs> nice. Now I know that. So that second city in Toronto was right after the Chicago one, right? Like Chicago was first and then they did the one in Toronto. And I know it, um, you know, it, it not only boosted your career professionally, but it also changed your personal life, right? The person who hired you there was, yeah, was <laughs> the uh, director of the touring company. So uh, it was a tough audition. Uh, it was between me and the cute guy, and I, um, because I have stamina, I, I managed to make it. Yeah, so, um, and uh, now uh, 32 years later, we're we're still happy together. So Second City has been a very important part of my life. That's so great. 
Um, all right, cool. Well, so to, you, you mentioned Whose Line came along, but before the American version, there was the British uh, TV comedy show, the improv show. Um, mm. How did that, how did that actually, how'd you get cast in that to begin with? Um, well, I was at actually at Second City and there were, uh, because improv was still sort of a new art form in uh, Britain, they wanted to get some North Americans over to sort of fill their, their stable. So they were doing this cross country audition tour. They came and saw our show, liked it and auditioned the cast the next morning at eight, which is prime time for a uh, comedy. Um, so because we had worked together as a cast, we were doing that thing you do in improv where everybody supports each other and everybody's, um, you know, connected. So because we worked as an ensemble, none of us got cast. Uh, the next year, my wife Deb and I had moved down to LA because she had gotten a show that had been uh, produced. I auditioned with people I didn't know and it became, hey, screw you guys, look at me. And through that, I got a job. So there's an important lesson for you kids out there. Always uh, look out for yourself. Screw <laughs> you guys, look at me. Uh, awesome. Well, I know it aired on, you know, Channel 4 there in the UK for like a decade. It was like 88 to 99, I believe. And what was, what was Clive, I want to get to Drew Carey in the American version in a second, but before we move off the British one, what was Clive Anderson's, uh, you know, what were his skill sets particular, you know, a, as a host? What did you like him about him as a host? Well, I mean, um, what I love about all of our hosts is they're so um, singular. I mean, Clive was the quintessential British host. He was sharp. He was sarcastic. He was witty, never at a loss for words. He, you know, he used to be a barrister. So um, what I love in the, when you watch the first couple of episodes, how nervous and stiff he is. And then, you know, towards the end, he's still stiff, but he's a lot more relaxed. Um, <laughs> but he, uh, we just had the 30th anniversary a couple of years ago, and we did some live shows at the uh, Royal Albert Hall in London. And uh, Clive was there hosting, and it was um, it was like turning the clock back uh, 30 years. Josie was there, and Greg, Mike McShane. Uh, it's always lovely to see those guys. Great, for sure. And then, of course, the Drew Carey version, the American spinoff. I guess everyone's seeing how much you're you're making folks laugh over over in Britain. And so ABC does the American spinoff. I think it runs from like 1999 to 2007, but. Um, Talk about Drew Carey's uh, as a host. I mean, he I mean, watching him crack up and hit that buzzer was almost was just as much as, as just as funny as what you guys were doing. Yeah. I, what was great about Drew was he was a big fan of the show before he hosted it. So he loved being in that chair and watching us. Uh, he, I mean, I can't say enough about the man. He was incredibly supportive, incredibly generous. And it was, you know, on his say show, so that uh, second or uh, whose line is it anyway, got on the air. So we're all very grateful that he got that show going. And again, gave us all careers, has always supported us, always fun to work with. Uh, you know, he never improvised before um, he did the show. And, you know, the executive said, you know, we really want you to do it. And he was a little leery, but immediately said okay he would uh, book time at the uh, comedy clubs and bring us all down we would improvise so that he would feel more relaxed doing it so he has a real great work ethic which i i, I think is really admirable yeah for sure when what when did you guys do you know how they came up with that whole famous catchphrase of where everything's made up and the points don't matter i have no idea 
I have no it, idea. I thought it was great though because there's so many of these shows, even like the sports. What is I don't know, like around the horn where they try to assign points for stuff, and you're like, no, it's just it's <laughs> you can't assign points to art, especially not comedy. So I thought it yeah. was perfect when they were trying to get the um, show going in um, America. Um, that was always a sticking point. They, they would go, well, how does the scoring system work? And they would say, well, it, it doesn't mean anything. It's just for editing purposes. There, there's no real winner at the end. But people uh, in, you know, with certain companies in America wanted one of us to like to win a refrigerator every week or something. So I think that's probably where it came out of. Yeah, nothing more American than needing a scoreboard, right? <laughs> exactly. But uh, all right, cool. Well, did you have a favorite game that you guys did? I mean, we mentioned some of them earlier about how there's some holdovers for for your tour with Brad. But um, back on the actual show itself, did you have any any favorite games that you feel like you always rose to the occasion? Um, Greatest Hits was always one of my favorite games because it gave Ryan and I a chance, first of all, to sit down, which I always loved. <laughs> and um, also just to kind of goof around and banter and then hand it over to these incredible um, musicians and singers. So it was a perfect scene for me to be um, a participant and an observer. I got to, you know, goof around with Ryan and then got to see what those guys would come up with, whatever, you know, weird stuff we threw at them. And um, yeah, that was consistently a favorite game of mine that was where you guys would go you know it's like you're selling the you know one of those uh infomercials for like a yeah. album that with this track scrolling down the screen yeah you guys were always hilarious um cool and then you know some of the some of the funniest ones at least in my memory were um uh when you would have some hilarious celebrity guests on i mean talk about I mean, especially in hindsight, now that we've lost Robin Williams, but that episode was so freaking hilarious. And just talk about, I mean, was there anyone quicker on his feet? And he was like a cosmic treat to all of us. Oh, he, um, again, one of those guys I cannot say enough about. He was obviously um, someone who inspired us and who we all admired. And then when he came on the show, I mean, he was an Oscar winner and he was coming on our show and he immediately he was just one of the guys one of those people who uh knew all the crew's names uh immediately and was just there to have fun he was uh shooting a movie up in vancouver and um you know he had just basically flown down to do the show and his manager kept trying to get him to leave a little early to get back to the set and robin said no no let's do this until it's done and um he raised everyone's energy 150%. It was hard to be close to him and just, you know, be lethargic. There was no way. You were immediately caught up in his uh, excitement and his energy. And it definitely was a highlight, I think, for all of us. Oh, you just smile thinking about it. what what a what a beautiful soul. Um, and then I think I remember well, trying to think of another Richard Simmons was also hilarious. I mean, no, like you guys trying to put each other in uncompromising positions. But how fun was it having him on? Um, you know what, uh, that, um, the clip with Richard, I, um, all modesty aside, I think is one of the funniest, um, scenes ever in the history of television. And a lot of it has to do with just the total commitment that Richard gave, uh, to that scene. Uh, you know, he's not known as an improviser, but man, <laughs> when he, uh, it, it It is the scene that people always mention to me when they talk about the show. And it's the scene that people say, oh, if, you, if you've never seen Who's Line, watch this scene. It sort of encapsulates what the entire show is about. So, um, again, that was 
it was one of the longest laughs I think we ever had um, in the show. And they actually, uh, there's not a lot of editing in the show, but they had to cut down the laughter uh, of that one particular moment because it went on for like a minute and a half. And we were just, I was just standing there with Richard Simmons' head bobbing at my crotch. So there's only, you know, so long someone can look at that. Right. It was, and you're feeding quarters into the machine, quote unquote. It was, it was just, man, it was just, and I think Drew Carey takes his glasses off, wiping tears oh, yeah. from his eyes. I thought Drew was going to die. Yeah. <laughs> I thought we all were going to die. It was absolutely hilarious. Absolutely hilarious. Well, that show, I mean, catapult, not only catapulted, you know, it allowed you and you and Brad to do this tour, but I know it catapulted Drew Carey to take over for Bob Barker on The Price is Right. And uh, Wayne Brady did like, let's make a deal. And of course that Chappelle show sketch, which was hilarious hilarious but i mean talk about sort of the post life of who's line for a lot of these guys like do you for instance what i mean how do you think drew's been doing on, on price is right drew's been uh doing great you know like we kind of kind of keep in touch in um twitter um i'd love to see him again uh you know uh, chip aston who was on our show went on to great success in uh nashville and is now like a, a mainstay at the grand old opry uh, he's doing great. Uh, Greg Proops is always touring. He um, he's touring with some of the guys from Who's Line, like Ryan and Jeff Davis. But it, he also you know does a lot of stand up. His podcast, The Smartest Man in the World, is uh, always fun to listen to and doing really well. So everyone um, really used this launching pad of Who's Line to um, to put it to great use. Oh yeah, and do you did you see the the Wayne Brady Chappelle thing? I did. And what, what would you say, what did you think just playing? I mean, the secret to that is just playing against type because we saw this lovable, almost musical theater kind of guy. But you know what I mean? Like he went completely against type on the Chappelle show. Although did he? I think pretty much <laughs> um, that was the closest we ever saw for the real Wayne Brady. It was almost a documentary. <laughs> oh that's great that's great what would he and all the other guys say about you we've had them talking you know dishing you've been dishing on all your who's line co-stars but what would they say about colin mockery if you know if you weren't here and i was interviewing oh, them about you? I, I i blush to almost think about the wonderful things they'd say about me um i think the beauty of me <laughs> well there's a good there's a good start to a sentence <laughs> is that i am really low maintenance i'm just there to have fun and um try to make my partners look good and if that's not happening then try to destroy them by making them laugh so um i've managed to destroy most of them at times which is such a great feeling because they're all so jaded and all seen so much comedy but i think they would say yeah he's a lot of fun to work with really look forward to it and uh gives great uh, massages <laughs> and some of those sketches yeah you have well i appreciate it um uh, i guess in, in closing um i think the last time we talked to you you were coming for some nso pops thing at the kennedy center like a second guide city oh yeah how, how did that how did that turn out that i mean it was great um that was um it was a show that combined uh sketches and used the symphony so um you know we actually did a make a song with a symphony behind me, which is something I never in a million years thought would happen, that I'm going to be singing with a full orchestra behind me. So it was, uh, every night was uh, amazing. It's a great orchestra and um, the sketches were a lot of fun and it was a, a big success. 
Yeah, when you got into comedy, I'm sure that wasn't really on the, the list of possibilities of singing at the Kennedy Center with an orchestra. <laughs> You've done it all. Oh, I've um, done it all. He's done it all, my friends. Well, um, just in closing, you know, so that was Kennedy Center. And now you're going to be, you know, just across town, not far away at Warner Theater. Have you have you brought this tour there before? Like what? How cool is it to play there? That's a historic venue as well. Yeah, I think I'm um, yeah, I'm pretty sure we have been there before. Yeah, it's um we are Brad and I are both big fans of old theater. So it's amazing the history of a lot of these places we go to with, that had, you know, people like Laurel and Hardy and Chaplin uh, go through and now it's, you know, us. Um but there's a you feel that sense of history when you go there and they're beautiful places to work in and the crews are always great. So um, we're very happy that we get a chance to uh, tour the country and see some of the most amazing performing uh, areas in the world. Which would be Laurel and which one would be Hardy? Who are you and Brad? Which one's which? Oh, <laughs> uh, I guess. Oh, good one. I'd, get, I'd be more Laurel. I'm not talking physically now. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, I'm going to give, I'll, I'll give him uh, Oliver Hardy. Comedically. Well, or is there, a, is there another duo that you think would be more apt other than Lauren Hardy compared to you guys? Is it Abbott Costello? I mean, Mockery and Sherwood could be it. Yeah, we could be a, we could be originals. I think we've stolen from every comedic. You know, we were big fans of Harvey Corman and Tim Conway and okay. had a chance to meet them. So I think that's probably the closest to our dynamic. Man, rest in peace. Wow, but Carol Burnett, you're right. Watching them make each other crack up was what made that show funny. Just like watching you guys make each other laugh is what was funny. So awesome. Well, I appreciate it. you've been really generous with your time and even had a couple good zingers in here. So and brought back great memories, the Robin Williams and the Richard Simmons. The man, I, I'm just cracking up talking to you. <laughs> so thank uh, you. Thank so, you. Thank you so much for the laughs over the years, sir. Oh, well, thank you for laughing and giving us a career. <laughs> we'll keep laughing so you can keep having a career again everybody it's uh thursday september 9th down at warner theater colin mockery brad sherwood scared scriptless thank you sir thank you thanks so much for joining us on beyond the fame with jason fraley remember to hit the subscribe button and give us a five-star rating if you like what you hear we'll see you next time wanted to take a second to tell you about an app I really enjoy. Living in the D.C. area is great, and Podcast D.C. gathers all of the local shows that I like all in one local app. Health, sports, local news, politics, and so much more. Podcast D.C. is the new local app with hundreds of D.C. area podcasts to choose from. I can earn exciting rewards just for listening and share the podcasts I love instantly. Available in the App Store or in Google Play, listen local with Podcast D.C.